Thank you, Kenny. Good evening, men. Oh, that sucked. Good evening, men. Hey, all right. How are we doing? Everyone got all their fingers still from whittling? Yeah? It's good. Almost. Half of it. That's good. Hello, Selena's. Nice to see you over there. Where's Danville crowd at? All right. Hey, I used to live in Danville. That's fun. Uh, there was a Chula Vista friend back there, I think. That's where I live. Good to see you. Welcome. Uh, I'm from San Diego, and I've been a friend of Hume for a long time. Uh, so stoked to be here. I say that because we're from San Diego, so stoked. If you hear me say that, that's why I say it. Um, of all the retreats I've done over the last 18 years, of all the conferences, of all the rooms that I get to teach in, of all the ministry things that I've got to do, this is such a, a special one. And it's, it's a humbling one for me because uh, as we talk this weekend, you'll hear the story of our faith is what we're going to talk about. And I'll interweave some of my story in that of my own story of faith. But it's humbling to be here tonight because maybe like you, some of you dads, you are rewriting your family tree and your history in your son's life tonight. You didn't grow up in a home of faith. You didn't grow up with anything similar to this. The thought of father is not a pleasant thought for the most part. And yet you're here rewriting and reshaping and regrafting your family tree. And so I want to say well done to you men that do that. To the men who have a long legacy and time of family and history where your dad's dad and dad's dad's dad have loved the Lord for a long time. And this is just what you have. I want to say well done keeping that going. I grew up San Diego. My parents got married in their, in their early 20s, had my sister and myself by the time they were about 24 years old. They loved the Lord for a long time, but something happened in my dad's life, and addiction got a hold of my dad. And he became an alcoholic, and he became an angry alcoholic. And by the time I was four, I didn't really see dad around. By the time I was six, my parents divorced. And so there was this disconnect of hearing stories of Jesus and then seeing brokenness, and dad fall away from the Lord and walk away, and being all of a sudden a, a young man being raised by a single mom. Maybe some of you can relate. But as I thought of being a father, when I finally got married in my early 20s and had both kids by the time I was 26, I have a 16-year-old son who's a senior. He's a firefighter. He's a firefighter explorer. He's a CrossFitter. We own a, a CrossFit gym in San Diego. If you want to talk powerlifting afterwards, I'm here for you. But I got so scared about raising a son. And I have a daughter who's 14, a sophomore in high school, and I got scared for different reasons for a daughter. But for a son, I had no context of how to raise a son past the age of four because that's all I knew and had experienced. And faith was a part of my life and my journey, but I didn't know how to be a dad. In many ways, I was making it up as I went along. Maybe you can relate, dads. In some ways, it was, if dad did this, I'll just do the opposite of that and hope it works for the better. And so I'm humbled, as I said, to come here because uh, I'm not an expert in fatherhood. They, they hired the wrong guy for the retreat. I'm a dad who's learning how to be a dad, who's learning how to love Jesus and raise a son to be a godly man, which I don't have context for. And so if that's you tonight, I'm so glad we're here together. And as I talk about our story of faith, whether you have loved Jesus for a long time and your family's loved Jesus for a long time, or all this is new and you're figuring it out, and you're figuring out how to be a dad in a broken world, we're going to talk about the story of our faith today. 
And we're going to start at the beginning of the story. In the story of our faith, we're going to just spend a few moments talking about God as creator. Something that I started adopting in my house with my son was, my last name is Nuncio, which means messenger of good news. No pressure, right? Dominic means child of God, so even more pressure. Child of God, messenger of good news. And as our family grew, we started saying, this is what it means to be a nuncio. This is what it means to love and lead and serve and give like a nuncio. Maybe a different role for your house, but this is the basics of what it means to be a son in this household. And we'd start with very simple, basic stories of who you are and where you're from. Your namesake, my son, Asher Elijah Nuncio. Happy the Lord is God, messenger of good news. Before you came out, we prayed for you and thought of you. And the foundation that was built was that our hope and desire would be that you would be one that loves God. That you would find great joy in him, that you'd know he's a God, and that you would spread that word and that message of good news for all the days of your life. That was the very beginning thing before he even came out of the womb. The moment my son came out of the womb, I had an older man say, share the gospel with your son every birthday of his life. And so for the moment he came out of the womb, my first act as a dad was to share the gospel with him. And I was figuring it all out. I sucked at it. Anybody relate? <laughs> yeah, amen. And I blew it half the time. And I didn't have the perfect gospel to share with them. And I, true confession, I missed birthdays. I didn't do it well all the time. But I come back and say, I'm just trying to love my son. And so as a practitioner, as somebody who's just learning how to love a boy, to raise him as a young man, that's how I'm going to talk tonight. And we'll start with the story of our faith, faith in God. And it starts like this. You don't have to have a Bible tonight, but I encourage you to bring it. Our faith story starts like this. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, before time existed, outside of time and space, there was God. The Hebrew word is Elohim. Everyone say Elohim. But an even more intimate name for God is Yahweh. Say Yahweh. I'm going to use that word a lot this weekend. Yahweh just means somebody who existed outside of time and space. He's the all-powerful creator. He didn't build something out of existing materials. He's, he built something out of nothing. Any boys here like Legos? Any boys here like Minecraft if you graduated from Legos? Yeah, sweet. Me too. When I was tripping over Legos all the time, I loved building with my son. And we build new creation and worlds and systems. And then when Minecraft came, we started building ones in digital spaces. But we built with materials that already existed. Yahweh spoke things into existence, and they were. In the beginning, Yahweh was. And he created the heavens and the earth. Would everybody just look up for a moment? In the beginning, the God who existed outside of time and space created heaven and earth. Not with tools, not with materials that existed, but with his word. He said, light, and there was light. He said, stars and sun and moon and balls of fire came out of his mouth, and there they were. 
He said land, and there was land. He said water, and there was water. He said heaven and land separate from each other. And it happened, and it was good. A God that existed out of time and space created, and in his creation, he created for his delight, for his joy, for his worship, and for his glory. Is it crazy to think that before Hume Lake existed or before this space existed, these trees were here? Before people ever discovered them, these trees were here. Why? Flowers on a mountain that no one's yet discovered. Fish at the bottom of the sea that we're still discovering. Why are they there? For his delight. For his glory. And when we see them, we go, no way! Worship. David is a, a man in the Bible that we'll see throughout this weekend. And he's a, I love him because he's a, a musician and a poet like me. But he's also a warrior and he's a king. And in Psalm 19, he writes, When I look at the works of your hands, Yahweh, what is man that you're mindful of him? The son of man that you should care for him. Who am I under all of this? I see how big you are and how beautiful you are. And there's none other like you. Who am I that you would even care about me? I worship you. Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. They speak of him. They pour forth his speech day and night. They just say, Yahweh, there's none like you. You're so good. Praise you. Praise you. The rocks cry out and say, there's no one like him. He creates. In the beginning, God was and he creates. And it's good. He creates for his glory, for his delight, and his worship. And then the next thing in our story of faith begins like this. In Genesis 1, verse 26 and 27, it says, But then God says, let's make man in our image. The crown of his creation is you tonight. Of all the beauty, of all the no way, balls of fire, of all the seas and fish and animals and plants and beauty, you tonight, sons and dads, are the chief of his creation, the crown of his creation. Our story is this, is that he's created you in his image and that's your image bearers. Sons, has anybody ever said to you, you look just like your dad? No, well, yes, some of you, yeah. Some of you look like your mom, I can tell, but yeah, some of you. But as image bearers, you look like God. As image bearers, he's created you to look like him and reflect him to the world around you. He's created for his glory, his worship, his delight, and he's created you to bear his image to the world, to show and reflect the goodness of God. The third thing we see about God, the creator, is that he creates you and me with purpose. He creates us to lead men. He creates you to rule over the world and care for it and steward it well. Adam, the first man, gets to name all the animals. He says, "What it, it looks like a cow. That's what it is, cow. That's kind of a pig. Pig it is. Fish shark, whatever. He names it. He gets to rule and reign and care for creation. And he invites us to do the same. 
to rule and to lead as men, his creation, the crown of his creation, to worship him, to reflect him. And the final part that God the creator does in the beginning of the story of our faith is that he creates us for relationship. See, God is not a distance God who's up there and unconcerned with your life today. And as you go through this weekend, our hope is that you see that God is a God that cares for you, that he's actually nearer than you would ever know. The story of our lives is that God so loved that he came near to us. In Genesis, we see that God and man are walking in the cool of the garden, and they're talking and having a relationship. We eventually see that there's violation of that relationship, which we'll get to in a few days. But in the beginning, God created for his glory, for his delight, for his worship. He created you and me to be his image bearers. He created you and me to lead and love and serve and give like he did. And he created so that we could have relationship with him and each other. And so our aim this weekend as we're together is that you would lean into that relationship. Oh, it would be a miss, men, if you walk away this weekend and say, I had a great milkshake. I found the fishing pole. I shot some arrows. And I lopped off my finger. It's a cool story. But if, if that's all that happened, you could do that anywhere. But if you walk away and say, dad and me and son and I, we grew together. We made memories, but we talked about the story of our faith. Dad, this weekend, I'm going to challenge you that you share the story of your household. You share the story of your family. You share the story of your faith, maybe in a new way that you've never shared with your kid. Kids, if you have faith that you would share the story of your faith with your dad and you would begin sharing and growing in a love affair with Jesus. Psalm 145 says this. It says that one generation to another will commend the works of the Lord. They're outdoing each other and saying, well, God did this in my generation. And the next generation says, but he did this in my generation. He's way cooler than your God. This weekend that you'd lean into relationship the way that God created you. They'd be curious about each other's story. That you wouldn't just eat cookies for the glory of God, although they're good. Oh, man, they're good. But that you'd lean into the relationship with each other. And you'd lean into the relationship with him, the created God who cares about you, who in the beginning thought of you and me. Would you lean into those today? Sons, if I have your attention for a moment, your job is super important this weekend. Your job is to lead your dad in rediscovering wonder. To help your dad learn how to play again. To help your dad discover anew how fun it is to sit on a boat and catch nothing. Because that's what most of you are going to do. Sorry, you're going to catch nothing to rediscover what it's like to stay up late at night and fart and burp and joke and just play again. You have a super important job. Would you lead your dads this weekend, kids? Dads, again, share your story. 
risk and be vulnerable with your son, maybe in a way you've never had this weekend. As I'm raising my son, I'm now at the point where I can share struggles of sin, share what it was like for me to be a teenager, the pains, the great things that I did, the wounds that I have, the people that I hurt along the way, and say, man, I was an idiot. Don't be like dad in that way. Maybe you get to have some of that time this week as you walk the lake, as you shoot archery for the glory of God. Share your story. Okay? Sons, can you do it? Yep. Okay? Dads, can you do it? Okay. Final thing is this. I'm going to give you two challenges right now. This weekend, starting tomorrow, dads and sons together, whether you go to bed tonight or you wake up tomorrow, I want you to read two passages of Scripture together. I want you to read Psalm 8 together, and I want you to read Psalm 19 together. Again, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the heavens declare the glory of God. And I want you to talk about what you read. Okay? Step one. Step two, I want to challenge you to memorize Psalm 8, 3, and 4 together. As you're walking and standing in line for food, I want you to practice memorizing Scripture. To know the story of our faith, you have to remember the story of our faith. So memorize it. Okay? Share your story. Kids, help dads discover wonder. Read scripture together. Memorize scripture together. And the last thing I'm going to do is I'm going to invite the dads to stand right now. And dads, as we start our weekend together, I want you to lay your hand on your sons or sons. And I'm going to invite you as dads to pray for your son right where you're at. And that's how we conclude our time before Jason comes back. So I want you to take a few moments. I want you to pray for your sons. I want you to pray for their faith. I want you to pray that as they're writing their story of faith now and looking at you, Dad, that they would see a man that loves God, that they would see a man who is not perfect but is on the journey to loving Jesus and loving them, and that God would do something in your family tree. Amen? Pray for your sons, and I'll invite Jason up in just a moment. Okay, beautiful men. Do you speak Romanian? Oh, beautiful. Well, Lord, I pray this in the words of Paul to the church in Ephesus. I pray for all of us that we may grasp the power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure with all the fullness of God.
So now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen.